Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from Matthew, the 20th chapter, Jesus said, as the master of the vineyard said, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? And so the first will be last, and the last will be first. Dear friends of Christ, today we have another parable, and another parable on the kingdom of God, Matthew's theme. We've had many sermons on the kingdom of God, and they keep popping up as we go through the book of Matthew. Um, And today we're going to learn about grace, about God's generosity, about God's mercy. That's what this parable is about. You have an owner of a vineyard, and of course, he has to find people to pick the grapes because the harvest is ready. It's fruitful. And somebody has to pick the grapes from sunrise to sunset because if you're a farmer, you know when it's time to harvest, you get it done. You don't wait around for something to happen. So he goes out and he finds workers throughout the day, and he, and he brings these hires, the, the people that he hired, um, and he goes out and gets this last group just before it gets dark. Soon it's quitting time and all the workers line up to get paid. Everyone got a crisp $100 bill. Just as they would promise, the vineyard workers who worked all day were quite confused because the people that only worked one hour had a crisp $100 bill in their hand too. It just didn't make sense. It wasn't fair. Because they, they, I would imagine that these people were even furious. What is the owner trying to do? This is not fair pay. This pay is unequally given. It's not fair. And they're, they're, these guys, are listen, they've been working all day under the hot sun. They're sweaty. They're tired. They're stinky. They're irritated. Filled with great stains it's understandable why they'd be upset why the owner of that vineyard would pay them the same amount that they paid the guys that barely worked at all barely broke a sweat they didn't deserve that kind of generosity but they got it anyway our theme today We don't deserve God's grace. The landowner, he's generous, but what's wrong with generosity, right? I mean, generosity is a good thing. We all are supposed to be generous, and and we praise people when people are generous, but generosity is not good, at least we perceive, when it's done this way. When a person who's worked all day under the sun gets paid the same thing as somebody who hasn't who lazily stood in the streets doing nothing for most of the day. That kind of generosity doesn't seem fair. Well, my friends, grace, the grace of God, the word literally means undeserved love. That grace, that undeserved love is not fair. And that's Jesus' point. But consider this. What have you done to deserve God's grace? What have you done to deserve that kind of richness that the Lord Jesus would give His life for you? 
What have you done? Have you earned it? Are you somehow better than the person sitting next to you or the people who aren't here this morning because they, they didn't feel like showing up to worship? Or listening online? Are you deserving to be members of God's kingdom and receive the wealth that flows from it? Somehow better than other people? Well, maybe you've given hundreds of dollars to the church. Maybe you've given hundreds of thousands of dollars to the church. Some of you have. Maybe you feel you deserve a reward for all that. But again, I ask you, what have you done to deserve God's favor? And, and, and if you know the Bible, you know the answer. We've done nothing. You've done nothing to deserve God's grace, and neither have high. Zip, zero, zilch, nada. And yet God gives me, a sinner who deserves eternal condemnation, who deserves his eternal wrath, God gives me, a sinner, complete pardon and forgiveness and grace and mercy and love and generosity and kindness instead of eternal punishment. He gives me life. Pardon and forgiveness for every offense I've ever committed, every commandment I've ever broken. And what does all that forgiveness and pardon cost me? Nothing. Zip, zero, zilch, nada. It's free, it's generous. Flowing from the heart of the Lord, generous to you and to me and to anyone who will come to the Lord Jesus Christ. To get a better grasp of this thing called grace, that we need to delve deeper into this parable that Jesus gives of the, of the vineyard workers. He tells a story about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into the vineyard. Now let's just pause there because first we have to ask the question, what is the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus uses this phrase and Matthew uses it 30, over 30 times in his gospel. This is an important teaching that Jesus is expressing to the people. What is the kingdom of heaven? So I ask you. As Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, what is the kingdom of heaven? And, and simply said, it's your salvation. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? He shed his blood for you. Then you possess the kingdom. You have God's favor. You're saved by his grace. Jesus is alive in you. And so, in Matthew 6, Jesus advises, so seek then, first, the kingdom of God before all the other things of the world. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all the other things will be added to you. The first order of business, seeking the kingdom. Now listen, if God has a kingdom, that means He's a king. And He's not just a king. The king of this kingdom is majestic. He is the creator of the universe. And this majestic, powerful king, creator, comes to you. Now just imagine that in your mind. This powerful king comes to you. This Lord of lords and kings of kings. And again, 
He comes to you. And he bows down before you. Bows down before you. The king. And he places before you a treasure chest. And he offers it to you. And you look at the treasure chest and you look at the king. What are you thinking? You look at the treasure chest, you look at the king, what's going through your mind? By the king's bidding, you open the treasure chest. It's not filled with silver and gold like you thought it might have been. This treasure chest is far more valuable. Indeed, it's far more precious. This treasure chest is filled with all the king's generosity. All the generosity, kindness, mercy, love that the king can muster is filled into that treasure chest. Filled with a love from the king. You get the picture? King kneeling, all the blessings from the king given to you, and you're feeling pretty special, right? And then a peasant enters. This is some, that person that you, know, you really don't like. He enters into, and, and he comes, and he stands before the king, and you're wondering, you know, what's going to happen to this guy? What's he going to get? And you're interested because your treasure is greater, and you know it. Why? Well, because you deserved your treasure. You've deserved your reward. The peasant sitting next to you surely does not because he's that guy, that person in your life that has caused you consternation, has done terrible things in this life, terrible things to you and terrible things to others, and, and you know what this guy's about to get. And it's justified for you. So with a sense of smug security, you watch as the king approaches them and the king bows down. And then servants rush in and put before him a treasure chest. The whole scene looks too familiar, but you know, don't you? You know it's still okay because this peasant doesn't deserve the reward that you deserve. Then you're quite smug as you watch the peasant open his treasure chest. And to your surprise, it's filled with all the blessings of the king. All the love, all the mercy, all the grace, all the kindness that the king could muster. And again, what are you thinking at that moment? What's crossing your mind? And what's the peasant thinking? What's the king up to? What in the world is the king doing? What's he thinking? The king sees your sin. The king sees your condemnation. The king sees your unrighteousness, your unworthiness. The king knows. And that's why he sends his son to die for sinners. The king knows, and that's why Jesus bled. And he sees our sin. He sees our condemnation. And he sets before us a treasure chest of his own righteousness. A gift of salvation. 
And it's a gift for you. It's a gift given through the innocent suffering and death of our beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Or Christ, you know, our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. This type of grace is counterintuitive. It's backwards to the way human sinful people reason. That's not fair. Back in the first century, Roman government would sometimes pay their Roman soldiers in salt because salt was a precious commodity. It was valuable. And so because they would pay their soldiers in salt, we have the phrase that we say today, well, he's, he's not worth his salt. It becomes a great offense for us to hear from God that we're not worth the price of our own salt because of our sin, because we've not been obedient to His Ten Commandments. We've not been obedient to His ways. A woman once told her wealthy friend, you're so blessed. The friend didn't take it well. She was not amused by her friend's statement of blessings because after all, she had earned those blessings. She was wealthy because she deserved to be wealthy. She was better than everybody else because she earned that right. And she had worked hard. You beginning to see what Jesus is talking about this morning? What I'm trying to see? You beginning to see the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach us in this parable? You know, we're born into this world programmed to sin. We're born into this world programmed to disappoint the king. We're born into this world programmed to offend God. And why would God then, the king, want to offer us such a treasure to people programmed to disgust him? Programmed to cause him wrath and anger. Why would he give us a gift? Why would he do that? I mean, really? Really, do we think we deserve it? And if you do, you need to read the parable again. If you do, you need to read the Gospels again. The book of Proverbs says there's a way that seems right to mankind. There's a way that seems right to humans. But in the end, it leads to death. But there's another way. God's ways are greater than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. There's another way. It's God's way. And yet, we boast and we brag about our lives and what we've done. Jesus was with his disciples when there was a man in the temple, and he, the man was proudly praying, boasting. Listen to it. He wasn't humble. Listen to this, this haughty prayer. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of everything that I get. Paul confessed. That was before he was saved. That at one point he had put a lot of trust, a lot of confidence in his performance. 
And he says it's foolish to arrogantly take credit for the things that God has blessed you with. Listen to Paul's feigned boast as he's trying to teach what pride sounds like to, the, to his audience, to his congregation. If anyone thinks he has a reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I'm circumcised on the eighth day the, of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law I'm a Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless, as for God's perspective on that kind of thinking, a fool. There once was a brash young woodpecker named Woody. That's right, Woody the woodpecker. And Woody did what all woodpeckers do. He, he pounded holes into trees. It annoyed all the creatures of the forest, but Woody loved what he did. And one day he was proudly pounding a hole when a storm cloud came up and a lightning bolt came from the cloud and, and struck the tree and split it in half knocking Woody to the ground, and he kind of gained his senses, and he looked up, and he looked at the tree, and, and he exclaimed, oh, wow, would you look at that? Just look what I did. Like Woody the woodpecker, the human heart is no different. It boasts of its accomplishments and takes pride in the things it's done, and as if we're deserving we do things and boast that they were done by our power, by our might, by our intelligence, by our will. Sometimes people even think that they can eradicate the sin in their lives by some kind of good obedience or deserving. Like Woody the Woodpecker, they look at the split tree and they take credit for it themselves. Do you think such people deserve a king's reward? Do such people deserve the gifts of God's kingdom? Of course not. But know this. The king is generous. He's generous. That's the way God's reward system works. It works by grace. Our, our, our sin disillusions our minds to think that somehow we've done something to deserve all this. That I'm a believer in Christ because somehow I'm better. That somehow I deserve this. But God knows the truth. He split the tree. He blessed the workers. He gave the grace. He sent His Son. And He says, don't I have the right to do with what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? Now, please don't think for a moment that Jesus is teaching here, you know, in this parable that Jesus has taught to support socialism, that everybody gets the same, paid the same wage. That's certainly not the point. Jesus wants us to realize that the kingdom of God he rewards us not based on performance, but He rewards us based on His grace. Now, one of the toughest pills for human beings to swallow is that 
we're saved entirely, entirely by God's grace. God doesn't love you because of performance. To some of you, that's a great, that's great news. To some of you, that's great disappointment. He loves you through the blood of His Son, Jesus. God loves us, but we're not worthy of a king's reward. I want you to think about the thief on the cross who died there with Jesus. Remember that thief? Did this guy deserve a king's reward? Did this guy deserve the treasure chest from the king? Of course not. He, he was on the cross because he deserved to be dying for the offenses caused to society. And what did Jesus have to say to this undeserving thief? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Today I will bow before you. Today I'll give you the gifts of my kingdom. Today I will reward you. I'll give you a king's ransom, and it's yours. I want you to think about John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace. Wonderful, wonderful song, but it came from a man who wasn't so wonderful. John Newton indeed had a terrible, sinful past to offer the Lord. That's all he had to offer him. John Newton lived a life filled with shame, filled with wantonness, uh, filled with gambling and, and illicit sex and drunkenness. He, was, he worked on a slave ship. Newton had nothing to offer Jesus. But Jesus had everything to offer Newton. Amazing grace, that's the way it is in the kingdom of God. And that's Jesus' point, and that's why the owner of the vineyard says, or are you envious because I'm generous? Just receive that generosity. Receive it. And remember the words of Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.